0: Welcome to Decades From Home, a podcast about Germany. I'm Nick Alton of 40percentgerman.com, and as always, I'm joined by our newly minted monarchy expert, co-host Dilly Algema, and our stalwart and seemingly incredibly well-fed producer, Simon Josie, to discuss the weird and wonderful side of living in Germany. Happy New Year to all the listeners, and of course, Happy New Year to you, Dilly, and to you, Simon. Happy New Year!
1: Happy, Happy New Year! New Year.
2: Better get a bucket.
0: Why, why we get, are you, uh, you going to go to the vomitorium Have you been eating too much? That, that would be it's... handy
2: at the moment.
1: <laughs> I like Simon's introduction.
0: We'll talk about our Christmas and New Year adventures uh, in just a little bit, I'm sure. But I wanted to ask uh, what you thought of your introductions. I think they reflect most of what I missed on the WhatsApp group over Christmas as my life and brain entirely shut down. Uh, we'll start with you, Dilly you got a new book, didn't you? Posted it on the WhatsApp group, a lovely new book. And apparently you're learning about the history of the British monarchy, which I guess must be a new year's resolution. Or as I firmly suspect, I've just been uh, an excellent influence over you from the last year. So Dilly, you got a book called, was it the history of the Kings and Queens of Great Britain or something like that?
1: It's called *Nick: The Lives of the Kings and Queens of England*, edited by Antonia Fraser, and I bought it. Only England. Only England. Yes.
0: (laughs) Does it does it stop Does it stop with James the (laughs) first then?
1: That's a That's a funny remark. It stops with the life of Queen Elizabeth, and it Ah, cost me twelve fifty euros. And the main reason for buying this is the hope that, I mean, it looks like a very fancy book and I'm hoping that it'll go up in price in 20 years and I can sell it for more on eBay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Who's the author?
1: Antonia Fraser.
0: Antonia Fraser. Uh, I can't say it's a name I know well from studying history, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that Miss Antonia Fraser isn't a, uh, I mean, all I'm getting is, Oh, she's hit, She's a british author of history novels biographies and detective fiction
1: mm-hmm.
0: oh wow she's the she's the widow of uh of harold pinter okay holy <laughs> fuck. that's not a, really that's not, bad. Yeah, not, <laughs> not <bad. laughs> um if you don't know who uh harold pinter is dear listener he was uh, a nobel laureate in literature uh in 2005 i think uh yeah very famous um Uh, yeah playwright mostly playwright
1: yeah
0: yeah. well you've chosen you've chosen a good one i think you've chosen chosen so what tell us some interesting facts you've learned about the kings and queens of england
1: would you though before that like to tell us nick why you missed most of the whatsapp chat
0: i know we'll get to me in a minute the listeners will wait on bated breath for my christmas trip to britain download that i'm gonna gonna offer up later in the show but hey let's not focus on me it's it's not about me, is it? It's about you, Dilly. Is so Dilly, it, tell is some it interest- Nick?
1: Is it about me? Nick? Well, it
0: is when I decide. When it is when I've decided. this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I I will get back to this book during our podcast sessions. I thought that I could ask you a question and you know share some trivia because you refuse to talk about fruit, and I think kings and queens of England can replace fruit.
0: You're going to have to work very hard to weave in the kings and queens of England into uh, a podcast about Germany, but I look forward to seeing how you do that. Uh, it's going to be impressive.
1: Talking about Germany, this was part of my Christmas. My boyfriend said, he uh, we were in the Netherlands, my boyfriend said he would take me to a secondhand bookshop. And I wanted to go to a secondhand bookshop to see if I could buy my childhood books that I had to part with in Sri Lanka. And I had I had a huge library. And I want to like recreate it uh, now along with new books. What he took me to was not a secondhand bookshop as you and I would know it. It was a vintage bookshop. It played fancy music and it has a kind of like salespeople who don't care about you. They smile if they see you, but that's it. And I found like a couple of rare editions uh, and I'm uh, hoping that they would get rarer as time goes on.
0: Yeah, the, the the bookshop thing's a funny one. We uh, the only chance I got to go into the, the centre of Newcastle was I think the day after Boxing Day, it's the twenty seventh, and we went. We met my niece and my nephews in mm-hmm. uh, Waterstones, which is a famous chain of bookstores in the, in the UK. And it's uh, it's funny how you gauge time in uh, spent away from a country mm-hmm. by like how things change and obviously mm-hmm. things are going to change and once you get over that you can sort of track it and see kind of little developments but it used to be a great bookshop it's not it's a great location not so much a great bookshop but i think that's rather to do with the contents and we walk around the sort of main floor which had a lot of uh had a lot of like the more popular books and um all i say about it to britain is like how many fucking biographies of churchill do you need like how many mm-hmm. how many is enough at what point is it enough biographies how like he's written an autobiography yeah. of his war years his war diaries or he wrote an autobiography <laughs> of course that's, he did that's, that's that that's one thing right but then like his memoirs have been published we've had everyone including boris johnson writing a uh, their hagiography,
2: I think it was called, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I
0: think it's hagiography would be a better term than autobiography probably, but he did. I mean, essentially it was his memoirs of, of the war years, but there was just another book. It was like, you, you could sort of uh, paint by numbers, selection of books that were like in the top 10. It was, um, it was a ch- book about Churchill, a book about the queen, a book about the monarchy, dresses of the monarchy, shit like that. Mm couple of books by like every celebrity in Britain has a book out at Christmas because why not? Um, uh, it's just sort of ridiculous. Loads of tie ins, loads of, there's like a cartoon that we're watching. The, you know, The Gruffalo. Mm. The people who did The Gruffalo have released a new one for Christmas. It seems like that's all they do now is like release a Christmas TV show with a tie in book and a tie in toy and a tie in cartoon mm. and, and et cetera, et cetera. And uh, so there was that. And that was a fine, but it's just all a bit samey. And, um, and yeah, just sort of, um, you've mentioned the surly um, staff and and the staff in the Waterstones were pretty surly. <laughs> so I don't know what was going on there. Maybe they were having a bad day. It was the day after Boxing Day after all. So,
1: Nick, uh, do you want to uh, tell us what the Gruffalo is so that the listeners would know too?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the Gruffalo is popular enough in Germany. I think the cartoon's been translated mm. or, uh, or synchronized And I know that they do like mini theater performances of it, but the Gruffalo itself, I think it was the first or second book by, um, it was, uh, I think it's Julia David, Julia, Julia Donaldson. Sorry. Mm -hmm. And the, the illustrators, um, Axel Scheffler. And, uh, it's, it's a kid's book. It's a kid's book. That's like in rhyme, all the books they do are in rhyme. So they're quite nice to read Mm -hmm. and, it's essentially about a mouse who is trying not to be eaten, and tells everyone that she's going to meet a gruffalo, and she describes this terrible monster, and then lo and behold, the monster appears. But I'll mm. not spoil it for you because it's well worth a read. But it's very good. We'll talk again. We'll talk about this this later. But it's um, it's similar, sort of very distinctive art art style and, and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it was it was funny. Um, just sort of yeah, going back and just seeing kind of utter dirge that people apparently want to read <laughs> if it's not a crime if it's not true crime or some shitty romance novel it's a biography of churchill it's the the british readership to a whole i think more power to them i guess anyway less about that and more about our very full, I think, producer, that's <laughs> a uh, Simon. Um, from the looks of the pictures, you said on the WhatsApp, some lovely, delightful tracking of your Christmas dinner being prepared. Your wife must have been blazing through the TikTok recipes uh, throughout the week. Uh, yeah, tell us about the feast, man. You, you had some, tell us tell us about how it all came together. You had this big, big dinner um, from start to finish. Well,
2: yeah, I mean, the, the interesting thing was, well, I guess I shouldn't say that because, no one else may find it interesting, but the turns out we had a minor disaster, or potentially a minor disaster on Christmas Day, when it turns out that the shoulder of lamb was it a leg of lamb? I think it was a shoulder of lamb mm-hmm. couldn't fit in the slow cooker, and mm-hmm. so my wife is, you know, this was a real challenge for her logistically and everything, because it meant that she had to. To go to Plan B, which meant putting the or slow cooking the the lamb in the oven, mm-hmm. which obviously had a cascading impact on other plans for the day and and cooking other things. In the end, uh, it, it was a happy ending. You'll be pleased to know, and we didn't starve. Though I don't think there was any fear of that, but. Um, we, we probably had the best roast potatoes I've ever seen. I remember walking mm. into the kitchen because I tried to stay away. I walked into the kitchen and I could see the potatoes had just been taken out of the oven. And there was so much um, sort of, they were almost being half deep fried. <laughs> there was so much sort of oil or butter mm. or fat or whatever it was that they were cooking in. And so these potatoes, and they were extra dick, extra, you know, extra dick potatoes from the, from the supermarket, um, which those who don't speak German, that means extra thick. And I don't know why they call them extra thick potatoes, but they were extra thick, but they were just, oh, they were just amazing. I can still, I can still see them in my mind, what they look like and what they taste like. They were just, just amazing. But then we also had, um, Brussels sprouts, of course, which are always popular, um, Mm. And the lamb was was amazing and it lasted for about four days. And I've never eaten so much and I still feel totally gross. I was going to start like this full on, you know, no alcohol, no eating of bad things from the 1st of January. But there's just so much food still in the house that, that it's been delayed a few days as I rapidly work my way through everything that will Worsen my 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 situation, which is which is a pretty severe situation at the moment. I have to say, I've never been so heavy.
0: It's kind of funny how uh, how a the roast potatoes become like a very big topic of conversation.
2: Mm. Well, I th- I think particularly for the for the for the British because you seem to be quite obsessed with this, and and I've mm. never been quite so obsessed with them before. But I think maybe I've I've seen I've turned a new page, and I can see that yeah, actually. I mean these were like cooked double cooked and all that kind mm. of thing. You know, they were boiled the night before mm. and then left to settle and to and cool. settle and yeah. yeah. It was and I was like, yeah, that actually was that really it was worth that effort because they were amazing.
1: Mm. Mm. Yeah, I saw the potatoes in Simon's picture and and I immediately knew that they were very good potatoes. And I said that, didn't I, Simon?
2: <laughs> now and, and you have to remember also there's a potential limitation here is that my wife's a sort of vegan slash vegetarian and so the potatoes were not cooked in duck fat which mm-hmm. i believe is is mm-hmm. sort of the trendy thing to do go- go- goose fat i think is the oh, i was it goose fat is it sorry um so they didn't they didn't have that going for them but they were still just amazing absolutely yep. amazing
0: i think yeah i mean it's 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 temperature of oil and how long you cook them for and what you do to them beforehand there's loads of little mm. things
1: other surface and roughing it up so that the oil catches on exactly yeah yeah yeah, it. yeah
0: yeah yeah. And I, yeah so it's to the point now where i think i watched an american food youtuber talking about roast potatoes didn't call them roast potatoes he's like yeah these fried potatoes are amazing and it was basically roasting them hmm. and uh and he was like oh you need to fluff them up uh, in in the middle and i was just like well everyone knows that yeah. don't you don't tell me how to I know how to do. That. Everyone knows <laughs> how to do. So yeah, um, you were sort of. It's 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 definitely the the Brussels sprouts and roast mm. potatoes are probably the two most talked about side dishes when it comes to a Christmas dinner for sure.
2: What did you have, Nick? I mean, you were in the the home of all these traditional. being in the UK for Christmas.
0: Yeah, uh, I suppose. I mean, should we just. Do we just roll it out? Do I just go into, I was, well I was, sort
2: of, well, I was just talking about food. I didn't want you to, I mean, I'm going to switch off when you get started on your whole holiday trip, <laughs> I've got things to do,
0: right? Oh yeah. I could see he's got notes to take. Um, yeah, I mean, we're best split splitting up or else it just becomes another, another Nick monologue. Um, yep. I don't know how the listener loves those. Uh, and this is not going to be about politics. Um, yeah. So we had beef Wellington. And my brother, my brother cooked it and my brother's a really good chef and he's very precise. He's very, for want of a better word, German, um, very serious about cooking. He has no hobbies other than like extreme running. So he doesn't spend a lot of money. He doesn't drink. He doesn't smoke. He doesn't do any, any kinds of nefarious drugs or anything like that. He doesn't have any kind of outlet. He doesn't buy video games, that kind of stuff. Um, So he spent a lot of money kind of buying good cooking utensils Mm. and it shows because he just had everything you needed. And uh, he put, uh, him and his partner put on this amazing uh, Christmas dinner of Beef Wellington and yeah, all the things you'd expect. There was Brussels sprouts, roast potatoes, pigs and blankets, bacon wrapped sausages for those who do not know. I think it is not something like uh, Schwein and Schlaf rock or something like that. Something like
1: that. Schlafsack, Wurst in maybe. Schlafrock. Wurst in Schlafrock. Yeah, that's, Wurst that's in Schlafrock, a hot. Uh, that's a sausage roll, which isn't the sausage roll that you know from Greg's. No,
0: yeah, but isn't it isn't it a sausage wrapped in bacon?
1: Uh, Wurst right? in Schlafrock is not bacon. It's it's like um, uh, phyllo pastry.
0: Okay, um, so it wasn't that. Sorry for the terrible translation. I'll just get used to speaking German again. Um, I, but yeah, so we had loads of those. And it was like, sort of, it it was so well-prepared. He has like a book of all his recipes and sort of just very well organized him and his partner. And, uh, yeah, it was really nice. I didn't get to spend a lot of time eating sadly because of small children, which we'll get to, but yeah, it was, it was, it was full on probably too much because we ended up taking half a Beef Wellington back to our Airbnb. So probably too much. But, um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Beef Wellington as a Christmas dinner. Ham would be nice. I would have thought ham, goose, anything but turkey. Mm. I'd go for a roast beef if there's an option, but it was nice. It was nice enough. Um, can't complain. Then we had Christmas, Christmas pudding and then just the longest cheese course that I've ever oh, had Oh,
1: really? Oh, lovely. <laughs> Did you have chutneys?
0: Yeah, I had everything, man. it went on for like three hours as I slowly got more and more pissed. Um, <laughs> that's the way to do it. It's just slowly get by like nine o'clock, just being like, yeah, I'm totally rattled. <laughs> I need to go take a lie down. But um, yeah, I just had everything. I ate so much fucking Stilton like everywhere i went someone was like would you like some stilton It's like that's all that britain isn't christmas is just like people walking around handing each other chunks of stilton (laughs) just like would you like some more i'd say oh fucking hell i've eaten about six this week um just loads of it it was it was good it was really Mm. nice um really pleasant sort of experience but yeah what did you have dilly
1: oh okay we are getting to it then
0: um, <laughs> oh yeah, weren't well, you having like the seven meals? Twelve, wasn't it? Twelve? So know. on
1: Christmas Eve, um so my mother-in-law, by my mother-in-law I mean the mother of my boyfriend, but in Germany people say mother-in-law anyway, right? My mother-in-law. We
0: understood. Thank you. I'm sure the listeners are following.
1: <laughs> <laughs> my mother-in-law is from Bulgaria and on Christmas Eve. It's traditional to have twelve dishes of like various kinds. So you have like a bean tomato like a bean kind of stew. And uh then you have uh, uh grape wine leaves uh with like a filling inside and you wrap it up and you kind of cook it. And you have um like a phyllo pastry with cheese in it. Mm-hmm. And then you have another phyllo pastry with pumpkin and walnuts in it. And, and, you, and you have like 12 things. And the thing is, she's invited a friend of hers. And all of this is supposed to be vegetarian. But the friend wasn't convinced last time when it was vegetarian. And he brought his pate that he makes since 1985. And he'd convinced her this time to add a little bit of meat to the wine rolls. So it wasn't vegetarian. (laughs) But on the 25th for dinner, she had booked a four-course meal at a restaurant close by. And what we didn't know was that she had to choose between the vegetarian and non-vegetarian courses. And the main course was then, there was a choice apparently between pigeon and I, and you know, I'm scared of birds. And pigeons in particular. <laughs> and after Please stop tell
0: me you got the pigeon. Please tell me, please tell me you got the pigeon. Please tell me you got I the got pigeon. I got the pigeon.
1: And you know, it was, it was oh, a teeny yes. tiny pigeon breast with a teeny, <laughs> tiny leg, a tie, and at the end of the leg was a fucking claw. Well, it was well, fried. what do you expect
2: teeny tiny. I mean, have you seen pigeons? They're not exactly
1: bloody know. mowers I, or. I'm you know, just ostriches describing. I'm not complaining. But there was a pigeon claw.
0: Did it have a tag on his leg with 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 an address from Weissenfelds with- and it was one of the pigeons <laughs> that was living on your balcony.
1: <laughs> and I, I went into like a total shock, panic kind of situation. My boyfriend knows oh. that I'm scared of birds. My mother in law doesn't. And so the waiter sets a plate in front of my mother-in-law and then in front of me and I'm 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 frozen because I don't want to be so close to that claw. And it looks like, you know.
0: It looks like a claw.
1: <laughs> it, it looks like a claw in in, in like I, I I don't know, it's like a claw turned in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like it's in the yeah. motion of grabbing something. Yeah. And my boyfriend then grabs the leg. And then the waiter goes, but that's the best part. (laughs) And he thinks I'm just not going to eat it. And even, and then my boyfriend was very nice and he cut off the meat for me and he gave it back. And when my mother-in-law wasn't looking, he like waved the claw in my face. He thought that was quite funny.
0: I love that you started 2023 fostering a family of pigeons and ended 2023 eating the family
1: of (laughs) pigeons. (laughs) It is karma in it, I think. Mm. At least, yeah. And now when I walk, uh, like, you know, uh, down down the streets i wonder whether the pigeons sense that i've eaten one of them like do they sense it like am i going to it's going to be like fucking hitchcock here <laughs> Just Oh
0: yeah they do they know dilly they know you ate one of their brethren they can smell it on you <laughs> 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 they've talked and it's they've communicated and you're enemy number one
1: I learned much later that the restaurant is kind of known for game. And then I wanted mm. to know whether they farmed the pigeons or were they like street pigeons that they go around shooting before Christmas? <laughs> I oh. love, I'm
0: not sure you like to eat street pigeons because it's like eating rats, isn't it? That's basically what you're eating. There'll be wood pigeons. They'll be, they'll be probably shot on the. Uh, do they have moors
1: in the in Netherlands? The Netherlands, no. It's just meadows, flat meadows. No wonder people cycle there.
0: But the meadows will work as well for like wood pigeons. There's forests and stuff.
1: But you can't. There's um, nowhere for you to hide.
0: But they hide in the long grass, don't
1: they? Oh, okay. You
0: sneak up on them and shoot them with a double barrel shotgun. Bang!
1: The dangers of letting other people decide uh, for you, and uh, the dangers of letting people pre-order meals. Apparently.
0: Yeah, I guess. I guess the the dangers of 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 eating in hotels. At, christmas i've never been a big i've got friends who do that who go they go for christmas day and christmas dinner in hotels or restaurants Mm -hmm. i can understand i can understand the reasoning but i'm not sure i'd feel a hundred percent comfortable as an addition to like if it was on boxing day or a couple of days Mm -hmm. after I, i can get that that's quite a nice an idea but like actually on the day i'd find that quite uh, or I would find it less intimate I think than when you eat at home.
1: Yeah, you're quite right. I remember Christmas at home on the 25th with my parents. We all four of us, you know, we get invitations um to go out for meals uh, to cousins' places and we always said no, but if they wanted they would they can come over to ours and we were at home the whole day and there is a routine. You go to church, you come back home, you've kissed like 200 people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people people. What's happening,
0: what's happening in your christmas Sorry, with all this kissing what's, what's all this the kiss- Sri Lankan thing what? you <laughs> drop it like it's like a normally just kiss 200 people and then and then you open your do presents it, do you
1: not do that do you not say merry christmas and like kiss people on the fucking cheeks
0: no we're british man we like shit we barely shake hands yeah <laughs>
1: Like, I, I don't know, it's a thing, like perfect strangers, like because they go to church and they see you there, they come and kind of say, oh, Merry Christmas. They give you a, sh- mm. they uh, they shake your hand and then they kind of kiss you on the two cheeks.
2: You mean, peace be with you and then a bit of tongue action, is that what you're saying? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and lo, Jesus said, snog thy neighbour. <laughs> I mean, it would make it. I think it might make church a more attractive attractive option. You'd certainly get more incels going, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, there's only the handshake is all we ever got. There'd be handshakes, maybe a hug, but not a lot of. Nobody hugs um, in Sri
1: Lanka except for family, I think.
0: No, because you're all fucking kissing each other.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I just find it very uncomfortable because they leave a lot of lipstick on your face.
0: So such
1: oh, a fan of it, but then you come back home, you make Christmas lunch, and then you go have a nap, and then Auntie deepthi comes with her children. Uh, she does that every Christmas. Once one of the kids threw a net ball uh, down our well, and uh, then I saw her with a bucket by the well. I was asked, I asked her what she was doing, and she said, "Oh, she's just gonna take all the water out so that she can get the bucket out." <laughs> she did not know how a well works.
0: Clearly not. No, Mm -hmm. I mean, I like how you, I like how you share this information. Like it's just, and then, and then your auntie comes over, and someone throws a netball. (laughs) Like it's like an annual event. Yeah, (laughs) every year this is the same thing that happens. Yeah, I suppose we all got aunties with crazy kids. We
2: um, we did something outrageous on Christmas Eve Mm
1: -hmm. because
2: you know from where we come from, Christmas is Christmas Day, the twenty fifth so
1: yes thank you 20
2: the 24th is a relaxed it's you know calm before the storm day and so we went had dinner for a dinner Mm, we just walked down the road and and that's what that's what our we decided this will be our new christmas eve tradition Mm -hmm. so i there was no one on the streets it was so quiet Mm. it was really cool
0: yeah i think i like that's what i like about christmas it's the liminal spaces right and the anticipation that i love about christmas mm. the most. and i love how i love the walking around in the streets at christmas or driving around the streets at christmas because mm. it is just weird when there's no one around and mm-hmm. it's totally dead and it feels different there's a different vibe in the air
1: yeah
0: um and it sounds like that's totally mint. i think that's yep. a great tradition mm-hmm.
1: the anticipation of christmas is is a thing um
0: it's almost better than christmas
1: <laughs> it is mm, so much better so than so. Christmas. It is true.
2: Mm, I, I agree with mm. you.
1: I remember um, listening to a song, uh, listening to Christmas songs on the way to work uh, during the run up to Christmas. And one was, um, I'll be home for Christmas. And mm, I mm. literally teared up. It could have also been the minus degree weather, though. I literally though, <laughs> teared up because I realized that I was actually going home to my boyfriend's place for Christmas. And mm. we have a thing where we share each other's homes. So my home is mm. his home, and then his home is my home. So I'm actually going home for Christmas. And you know, we put all our presents in the back of the car, mm-hmm. and like you know, we drove for six and a half hours, and it, it felt very cozy.
0: Yeah, I used to, for a long time, because I had that whole I still do have that thing about where I choose to call home. I don't like talking about going home. I'm going home. Mm. When I talk about going back to Britain, Mm. but it's still that vibe, it still rings true. Mm. You're going back to the familiar more than Mm. anything. Um, but yeah, like that, like the packing all the presents up and sort Mm. of going on a bit of a weird journey. And that's a, that's been a big part of Christmas for, for me for a long time. So totally, I can understand the emotion it, it certainly creates.
2: The anticipation for Christmas is a little bit like our anticipation for Nick's story. Of going back to the UK, which I, he's been waiting to tell us for half an hour. So I, I okay, guess we've, okay. we've waffled it, probably enough, and okay. we've probably heard enough of Dilly why and do, enough what, of me, and maybe we'll give over to Nick. And I, I don't know, Dilly, have you've got something else to do, as we let Nick rant on for a half an hour.
0: <laughs> oh, geez, man, you make it sound so negative. Um, why don't we? Why don't we take a, a quick Where's break my and we'll come back after a, after a musical? Yeah. If to uh, you can find your Swiffer, and uh, S- Simon can get his VR headset on or whatever it is he's going to do. <laughs> we've made it to 2024 folks well done to us all congratulations what does the year have in store for us well no idea frankly i'm still in holiday mode and after a week of not thinking about podcasting or researching some infuriating political news story i'm desperately clutching at the straws till the bitter end or until i have to go back to the office tomorrow um in that vein, I'm going to uh, have a sort of, I don't know, uh, I'm going to go through all the exciting stuff I've done over the last week. I say exciting. Some of it was rather pedestrian, but we'll get to that. So I did uh, my, was it uh, twice? What is it when it's, it's not biannually because that's twice a year. What happens, what is it when you have to do something every two years? I don't know, you do something every two years? Is it biannually? Biannually sounds right. It can
1: be both, right?
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, so every two years we go to the UK and this was actually the first of that, that process. Um, once we had the kids, that was the decision that we wouldn't spend Christmas every year in Germany just for the sake of, um, sharing our, our multicultural family. And, uh, yeah, so we headed off to the UK and we headed off in, I think it was the, yeah, it was the 23rd and, uh, we flew through what felt like a fricking hurricane. <laughs> it was fucking terrifying, the <laughs> mad turbulence. Um, former co-host, Simon sent me a rather sad message saying that their flights had been canceled by KLM, which meant they didn't get to go to the UK, which was a real shame. So we must've, we, we very much felt on the 23rd that it was like the last chopper out of, uh, out of Saigon, as it were, um, and, uh, you were saying before about how quiet it, it, it is on the 24th. Well, the airport, uh, especially in Shiphall was dead. It was the deadest I've ever seen Shiphall airport, like n- almost no one around. Um, it seemed like they'd sort of got ready for Christmas uh, pretty early. And so getting through the airport was like no problem at all. And all that, those worries I had about taking the kids on flights absolutely weren't a problem at all either. Um, I had the baby and I sent you the photo of me with the baby in mm. the, um, in the holster thing. Mm. So I was carrying the baby, I had the baby on the front. So he's 12 kilos. I had my backpack, which was easy, probably 15, 16 kilos on my back. And then, um, a couple of other bags. And, um, I, <laughs> as I was getting off the first flight to the, to Shippel, the, um, st- the steward, uh, saw me meandering down the aisle like clutching various bags and a baby and uh she went, uh, I can see why your wife married you. <laughs> that's <laughs> like that's the that's like either the, the greatest compliment or the biggest backhanded compliment I've ever received. So you're good at lifting stuff, aren't you mate? <laughs> <laughs> Which is true. It is my only usable skill. Uh so yeah, um that was fine. And yeah, it was just it was it was pretty Pretty straightforward. We did, didn't get to the UK until sort of eleven. Eleven o'clock. So the kids were totally wrecked. Uh which is probably good. Meant they slept. I did see a weird thing at passport control though.
1: Ooh, tell me.
0: Newcastle Airport's really small. It's not super mm. tiny, but small enough. And the passport control is 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 very Brexity.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: very Brexity. So you got the British people go off in one group mm. and the EU passport holders go in the other. And I had my British passport with us, but mm. Uh, they, they, they tell you, don't split families up. So mm-hmm. we all went together. And we went through, stand in the queue. And uh, this is our introduction to Newcastle. Um, my wife's not been in Newcastle for a couple of years. This is her first time back. And there's this Raji, Geordie lass, who isn't being allowed past passport control. And she's kicking off with the with the what they called, border force. Mm-hmm. She's going, here, yeah, man, here, let us through, Lake. Let us through oh, fucking hear yous! And then she's screaming and shouting. And it transpired that her passport had been reported stolen. And so she wasn't being allowed through. Mm. And I I couldn't help but think like, either it is stolen or like someone really doesn't like you. You got some beef who someone's phoned up and said, oh, Mm. my, my passport's been stolen. Here's the passport number. And I was just like, oh, it must be horrendous. I can I can imagine how horrible it must be to be stuck in that position. Cause no one seemed to give a shit. Um I think she might have been a bit drunk as well. So the border force people weren't particularly inclined to help her out. Mm-hmm. So that was that was proper weird. And then uh and then away away we went. It was it was it was pretty good. But I was dead happy. I didn't have to shout at anyone. Anyway. Everyone seemed really sort of chilled out and mm. and kind of ready for Christmas. Everyone was kind of laughing. Cause the babies are cute and the, my daughter's dead cute. So they were like, just loving it. It was really nice.
2: Do you normally have to shout at people? Am I missing something here? I mean, you're traveling from one country to another. Does that normally entail shouting
0: at people by default? My fear was that the babies would start. My baby would start crying and they'd cry uncontrollably. And there would be something like their Ears popping and someone would get irate and I'd end up telling them in no uncertain terms where to go. Um, mm. that was my concern, but actually I didn't have anything to really worry about, everyone seemed pretty, pretty chipper. So uh, it wasn't a biggie and it was nice. It was just felt like a nice, there was a nice sort of Christmassy vibe to the whole experience. I mean, bear in mind, airports are the worst places to be at the best of times. It wasn't the worst experience. I did pay four pounds for a sausage roll out of just sheer desperation. So I wasn't particularly happy with that. Where
1: was this, Nick?
0: Sh- Shippo, 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 Get this This is the best one. So they had small cans of Heineken, like the 500 milliliter cans mm-hmm. uh, of, no, not 500 milliliter, it would be like three, it would be 350, hmm. those the, like standard can yeah, yeah. size, um, of, 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 of Heineken for 598. That's six pounds, well, six euros. Right. And, uh, and they had non-alcoholic, cans of Heineken for 535. <laughs> That's like, what kind of what is that? How is that the markup? Like this seems ridiculous. But like a pint, a pint of Heineken was eight Euros. Uh, I didn't, I didn't I refrained from buying one.
1: Nick, I think I speak on behalf of all the listeners or some of them. What is ship hole thing that you're talking about?
0: Oh i Amsterdam um, Amsterdam Ship Hole. It's the airport
1: it's an airport
0: so so in order so in order to fly from yes in order to fly from Newcastle to uh, from Munich to Newcastle you go Munich Amsterdam Schiphol Amsterdam Schiphol to Newcastle so that's the only way Ah, you
1: can okay because I thought this is another way of pronouncing Chipotle or something (laughs) and I was like where on earth because you said you bought a sausage roll there so I was.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just from the, um, just from the, the convenience. It wasn't that convenient. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just, uh, it's a scam. I, I hate, I hate. i hate shit airport. I think it's uh, just disgusting. But um, uh, that's that's by the by. It's fine. Is there an airport that you love, Nick? No, I, I, here's the thing, right? And I, I, I thought about this really carefully, and I, I want to word it as carefully as possible because I understand, like, not everyone has the same opinions, and I have. I'm really strongly opinionated, and obviously, mm-hmm. I talk a lot on the podcast. And i really, honestly, all this is all I want to say is, if you're the type of person who has a favorite airport, you can fuck off and die. That's as far as i can concerned. <laughs> like, fucking, I think it's, I think it's a tragedy if you have a favorite airport because all airports are shit. There's no good airports, they're all terrible. And if you have a favorite airport, I also suspect you're probably the type of person who thinks um adverts are like art or something like that. You're just like, I'm just have no time for you. If I was in a party with someone in the, went I oh, you know my favourite airport, my, I'd be like, fuck um, off, I'm pushing my way. And my
2: wife <laughs> thinks I'm judgmental. Jeepers. I am um, <laughs> I just don't think you're well travelled. That's all I can say. <laughs>
0: No, uh, I just think I just think it's 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 the lamest thing to have a like it's that desperate need to to categorise. I just don't think any airport is good. They're all like these spaces, uh, these transitional spaces, aren't fun. They're not fun spaces. They're not designed to be fun. They're designed to funnel your money the, out of your pockets. It's pocket, the justification the for the
2: prejudiced of- opinion, which is so amusing, really. <laughs>
0: No, I'm obviously taking the piss. I don't expect anyone to fuck off and die, but um, I do think um, having people who declare their their, their favourite airports um, clearly have a screw loose because um, I just think they're just horrible spaces. And people people are just I've said it a million times on the podcast, so I don't want to dwell on it. But like people are just. <laughs> People are fucking, because they're so infuriating, I find that I find I hate them so much, and it boils my piss to such an extent. <laughs> and I was only in one yesterday, and it's too near between me being in one and me podcasting how for me not how to can we about t-
2: it. Dilly, how can we talk him down from the ledge on this one? I'm
1: starting to worry. <laughs> okay.
0: I'm, I'm too, Make I'm too the day's the, no.
1: life beyond <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, okay. yeah,
0: yeah, there is, there is. Let's move on, right? Turn so, back towards um, the light. The next hurdle to navigate was, was my wife's first British Christmas? So she didn't know really what to expect uh in any way shape or form other than what we've experienced in in our like british christmas that we have in germany which is kind of it's more hybrid uh and it was just i think she had a really good time but it was really intense mm. um she was constantly cold all the time uh because apparently british homes have no insulation and everywhere there is a draft mm-hmm. so every morning we had the debate about whether it was a good draft or a bad draft <laughs> that we were experiencing um <laughs> for those not in the know, it's always a bad draft. um, I was going to say, is there such a thing as a
2: good German draft? Or I think, I think it's
0: like, the Dutch are like uh, this
1: too, by the way,
0: good as Luft or something like that, you know? Um, but there was just, it was, and it was cold in fairness and it was windy. It was the first time I experienced wind through the lock, uh, like a, a um, like a keyhole. <laughs> I standing next, to, <laughs> I standing next to a door, and I felt like a breeze on my hand. I was like, "What the fuck is that?" And it was the wind was coming through the keyhole, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Because it was just stormy here, it was stormy there. It was all a bit ridiculous.
1: Your family sounds like my kind of people. I like people who leave open a window.
0: No, I think it's just uh, British homes are uh, not well insulated at the best of times. I think my my brother and his partner have quite a big house and there's lots of drafts to be had. Uh, i think it's part of the problem too and uh but yeah so my wife was constantly cold mm-hmm. um which was not not great and would have ramifications later in the holiday yeah mm-hmm. uh, that's what you call a cliffhanger there listeners take dramatic note um yeah so um Christmas itself was just, a, it was exactly what Christmas in Britain is always like. It's just, it starts and then it's over. It's just a blaze of color and crackers and booze. But the introduction of small children did impact things slightly. And it meant I spent a lot of time walking my uh, son up and down the streets of uh, the the alleyways of Newcastle, trying to get him to go to sleep or mm. at least just stop crying. Um, one other thing that happened that wasn't particularly great was when we arrived on the 23rd, my daughter wasn't quite a hundred percent. And then she definitely wasn't a hundred percent the day after. Mm-hmm. And then she had a rash on her body oh. and she had the, yeah. And we got very concerned, which meant we had an eight AM visit to a NHS clinic on Christmas day. Oh. Um, and she had scarlet fever again, but it was lovely. I mean, it was, it was weird, right? Cause one of the, one of the kids is sick family sort of binds together someone went and found out where the nearest nhs clinic was Mm. that would be open and and then my brother warmed up the car and we wrapped up wrapped up my daughter and took her to the 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 clinic and and it was all yeah and it was a big team effort she was lovely honestly man like christmas was just me trying not to cry and failing almost for the entire time and i'll give you just a couple examples the um we got to the to the clinic it's Mm. basically like a Uh, a prefab building. It's not really, it's just designed for non-emergency cases and exactly the kind of case that we had. There was only one person in there with a cough. Mm. Everyone's wearing Christmas hats. They're really pleasant. And it it was a real decidedly different vibe from and I've got a better sense of German healthcare in comparison to the NHS. The difference is definitely bedside manner. Mm. And it's not anything about professionalism or quality or any of that. It's about just the way we're welcomed. Mm-hmm. The, the reception was just really nice, Aww. appreciated. That we're like, we've got a kid with us and it's they're sick and we're obviously worried. Mm-hmm. And and they were just they were just lovely. And then the nurse practitioner was lovely dead helpful made my daughter feel really safe and secure and she was like laughing and then we saw the doctor and he was just really just on the ball cracking jokes just they were just great all of them were great oh. but There was a bit where she turned she was she went daddy 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 and i was like what and she went i love you and i was just um. like are you gonna make me cry in front of a doctor you <laughs> <laughs> can't do this to me oh. um but i didn't I held it together and cried later um <laughs> And then it was just like, it was just beautiful. It was lovely. I've never had that vibe with like two kids, yeah. you know, like at a Christmas thing. And and my niece made this really elaborate effort to give my, my daughter a doll. Aww. And it was, she like wrapped all the clothes and she gave us all the clothes. And we had to pretend that the clothes were too small for us and that she'd made a mistake. And then she gave my daughter this doll and it was a note about how Oh God, that's gonna make me tear up again. Um, it was a note. It was like, even though you're really far away, if you give this dollar hug, the people you're thinking about will like feel like they're loved. And it was oh, just all Zeke, really just cry super. It was super sweet. I literally, I just broke down. I was totally just like I was tired and drunk. It was beautiful, and I just like yeah, just just a really beautiful moment. There's loads of just little things like that all the way through. Especially with my me and my daughter got to spend loads of time together because. Mm-hmm as it transpired everybody else got sick so my son was the next next to visit the clinic two days after christmas Mm. and he had what did he have i just had like a a fever but Mm. it ran up to 40 and we got a bit concerned so we took him to the clinic Mm. it turned out just needed some calpol which Mm -hmm. is the like baby paracetamol Mm. and uh, eventually he felt better and then of course My wife got sick which changed things dramatically so we we, we, all everyone was basically sick except me i had like the snuffles but i was i couldn't be sick i had to hold it all together and um and yeah so uh yeah it's just not it's not a great way to spend your festive period when when everyone's sick the weather was shit, and no one couldn't really go anywhere we couldn't really do anything it was either too rainy too windy Mm. or everyone was ill but it did mean that me and my daughter got to spend A large chunk of time together. Mm. One of one thing of which, and maybe the most proud I've ever been of my daughter was we walked to, we were so close to the coast. It took us like 20 minutes to walk to the coast, dead easy. And I I know my daughter doesn't like, I didn't know she doesn't like walking. So Mm -hmm. I was like, right. It's rainy. It's not nice. I'll, I'll buy you a hot chocolate. Oh, when we get to the coffee shop and so she was totally inspired by that and was dead, dead happy. She wanted to go on the beach, but we couldn't, she couldn't understand why everyone else was allowed on the beach, but we weren't, I didn't have the heart to tell her that I'd worn the wrong shoes. Um, (laughs) so I couldn't because I was wearing pink Nikes and they aren't going on a beach anytime soon. Um, You
2: didn't want to soil (laughs) your pink Nikes, right?
0: I did not, I did not, but it's all right. She's easily pleased because we got the Metro, the, the sort of. Um, train link and she just like, she just loved being on that. Usually in one stop, she was just like, this is great. (laughs) Got hot chocolate. She -hmm. had this really good time. But as we were walking to the metro, she went, dad, dad. And I was like, what is it? And she's like, can can we have a sausage roll?
2: And I was like,
0: uh yeah, of course. No problem. No problem. You're clearly my daughter. Um and we got sausage rolls and she was like, These are great. These are the best. I love sausage rolls. And she was like going like running down the street going, Yippee, sausage rolls. Oh, like some kind of caricature. <laughs> <laughs> it was ridiculous. It was so funny. And then we did it basically did that again the next day. The next two days, really. We just walked down to the coast. Um she had fish and chips. It, she it may
2: sound sweet it to great. you, but it, to me it's just like she is totally wrapping you around her little finger. I mean it's so uh, obvious. Totally. This is this Kate, totally. you're hopeless. It's it's there's nothing that can be done now. You're never gonna be able to say no to her, are you? Uh,
0: like so well no, first and foremost, <laughs> probably not. I mean I'm I'm still like the disciplinarian. I'm well, still the one who's like, Prove it to me. Their- I mean, I can't unless a video you, me shouting at her. So you're just gonna get a, you don't need a to collection shout to of videos of me someone. just shouting at her for being no. a complete arse. But because um, she is frequently an arse, I planned for New Year's Eve had to be curtailed because my wife was sick, and I went um, to my sister's and her partner's for like some dinner. My niece was there, my daughter, and my, my sister and, and her partner, mm-hmm. and that was everybody. And it was lovely. We had something to eat and we came back at 10. And then it was just me and my daughter. And we stayed up till 12 together. And she was desperate to see some fireworks because last year she was here. Mm -hmm. And obviously in in Germany with fireworks, it's utter chaos. Mm -hmm. And so she'd seen a fire engine and fireworks. And she was kind of, I guess, expecting the same thing in Britain, which you just don't have. There's fewer people just randomly letting rip with a load of fireworks in the middle of the street. So she didn't really see any fireworks. And she was disappointed but she was so stoic about it um and she's like we can watch the fireworks on tv daddy that'll be okay and i was like i was like yeah you know and already single tear going down my face <laughs> this is just beautiful and then she said the cutest thing i think i've ever heard her say where she went she was going to bed and she was in bed and i was tucking her in and she went daddy if you see any fireworks or a fire engine wake me up and we can look them <laughs> <This> is- <laughs> Oh, it's
1: and
0: like, we oh, can look them. We can look Nick. them. Oh yeah, I know. Oh. It's just like honestly, honestly, save your Christmas, that kid. Um so it's just lovely. It was lovely getting to spend time with her. It was lovely being back in the UK. But I do have a question, I guess, for you both. What do you think's better coming home from a long trip or when guests leave after staying for a few days?
1: I'm very opinionated on this. When guests leave after staying for a few days. There's such peacefulness in that, in getting back to your old routine, chucking everything in the washing machine, putting things back where they were.
0: The reclamation of space.
1: Uh, yeah.
2: I'm torn because I, I certainly recognize the feeling that one gets in both those situations is, is very similar. And I honestly can't say which one I prefer. I, I like I really... I find it impossible to say which of those ones is a greater feeling, but both of them are pretty
0: fantastic. Are they fantastic for different reasons?
2: No, they're fantastic for the same reason. I'm just like, see you later. Bye.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cause the, the thing I was thinking was it's nice to be back. It's nice to be back in the house. It's nice to have all my stuff around us, et cetera, et cetera. But I do. I, I mean, I love having people over, but I, I was like, am I a curmudgeon that when people leave, I'm like, oh God, thank God. Like, it doesn't matter if I, how much I like them. It's just that I think three days is probably enough. Given
2: the way you ranted about airports, I'm sure you're definitely a curmudgeon.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm easing into my curmudgeonliness.
1: He probably like does things to make people leave earlier. I think Nick, <laughs> no.
0: No, people, people just want to stay. They always want to stay. What
2: happens when you get to be as old as me? I mean, what's your excuse going to be then?
0: I mean, I'll be as old as you. That'll be the excuse, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, (laughs) sorry, man. (laughs) I kind of invited it. I'm just like, Shots fired. (laughs) No, I don't, I don't know. I I think it's, I was, it was something I was thinking about. It's certainly we stayed in an Airbnb, and that, that's the way to do it in my mind. If you can get a good Airbnb and stay in a city, it's it's a much nicer experience than staying at someone's house because you're in that close proximity. You don't even when it's family, even maybe more so because it's family. You always feel a bit like, well, I, I don't want to put anybody out, or I don't want to sort of disrupt their rhythm. And then you finally get your own space, and it's like, oh, I can like it feels like a holiday now. And so yeah, that's one of my wife's additions to the whole. Holidaying in the UK.
1: So, uh, Nick, do I have it right? So, you didn't stay with your family. You stayed at an Airbnb. S-
0: stayed with my brother and his partner for three nights, mm. and then stayed in an Airbnb. Ah, okay. Um, Did they kick you out? Uh, yeah. No, I
1: just no. Oh, thank you for I just, asking. I, think... I I I, th- I really <laughs> wanted to know, but I didn't want to ask. <laughs> I'm surprised. No, <laughs> don't no You don't I mean, usually I hang around.
2: You just like straight in with the deadly question. So. <laughs>
0: i think maybe they were close to who knows i think it was it was my wife's idea the first time we went she was like we need to get an airbnb and and it was nice this time because you had your own space we're gonna invite people over when uh, until everyone got sick and without a car gives you a a measurement of 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 independence Mm -hmm. i think
2: i remember we had a holiday once where we we were i think we were living in china or taiwan and we went back to new zealand and we (laughs) On the way back from New Zealand, we spent about four or five days in Thailand. And we basically had to tell our fam, we didn't, we had to keep it a secret from our families cause, cause they would have said, no. well, you could have stayed here five days longer, <laughs> we'd like we like to mm. have a holiday. Thanks. And we went to Thailand, but, um, yeah.
0: I, th- I think that's th- what I thought about it was the fact that we're not only, not only, uh, you've got your own rhythms in a family and, 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 and as a little family unit, you have your own kind of patterns and, and what, and what, what you want to do and what you eat and and all those things, bedtimes especially. But it's also like, I think the German element is part of it too. Like the certain expectations my wife might have about staying in Britain that just aren't realistic. Certain like I, th- I think I think she's very regimented in what she does, and she's used to a certain certain things. And so she didn't like the
1: food served in your brother's home. No, I mean not 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 that. A little bit of, uh, <laughs> <there's> <laughs>
0: not, Come on, no, she no, didn't no,
1: like the food served
0: in your brother's home. Just no, sit, no, the food, the food no, down, the, food the food, no, no, not at all the food. The, the, I think the ov- overall, I think it's just British food, in, in general, it's difficult for. Her. She didn't like the food um, of the whole nation. No, because she likes like certain things, but I think it's about like because we're because we're quite self-sufficient.
1: She's not going back, is she?
0: No, of course she's going back. But it's like it's self-sufficiency more than anything. Like we pay our own way. We do our own. Th- we do it the way things we, the way we've we the very German thing. We do it the way we've always done it, right? And it's that kind of mentality, I think. Mm-hmm. And so, like people have bought like little things. People have bought a pushchair. And my wife rocks up and straight away is like let me pay for the push chair and then you have to have this weird discussion about money and you can t- i can see i'm i, I my input is useless because my wife doesn't listen to me. to me and unsurprisingly, none of my family seem to listen to me either so i'm sitting there going like at least she will be like why won't they take the money and i'm like because they're british and it would seem impolite for mm-hmm. them to take the money mm-hmm. and she's like yeah and then my mum or something would be like why is she trying to give us the money and i'm like because it seems polite to do that yeah. And it's seen as polite to pay your own way. And she's like, oh. And so you'd sort of, you know why the politeness <laughs> yeah, yeah, mismatch yeah. is happening.
1: yeah. I, uh, I get it. Can I share an anecdote here? So the year before last, my boyfriend and I were in Sri Lanka and he met my parents. And we were in my father's car, which is a small car. And on my boyfriend's side, he closed the door and the entire the shutter just just slid into the door, the entire thing. And and he what, he, he what, was so... Dist- what, what, do you, what, what do you have what?
2: a shutter on a, on a car door for? What, what?
1: The, we call it a shutter, the window, the window, the glass on the car
0: door. Oh, right, so the glass in the window just went... Yeah, yeah it just like slid in. down, the, right, right.
1: It just slid right in. Yeah, <laughs> and not he great. was so shocked because he didn't know why that happened. It had never happened before. And my brother and my father were like, oh, yeah, you know, it, it was just a matter of time. It was, you know, it was... Um, we'll just cover it up for the night so that, you know, if it rains, it just doesn't get wet inside. And we'll just call a mechanic. We'll sort it out. My father, my brother is actually also a mechanic. And, um, <laughs> and my boyfriend wouldn't shut up about it. He was like, let me pay mm. you. You know, just show me the bill, send it to me. Uh, would you like some money now? <laughs> mm. um, and my brother was like, no, no. Uh, my father wouldn't take his money. My brother wouldn't take his money. And then he turns to me like, they're not taking my money. I'm like, yeah. So uh, I mean, and why would they? Yeah. If I break something in your home, like, would, would do you expect me to like replace it? Half-Flish If I bre-
0: If I was in your home, Deli, and this is a very German thing, like and it just doesn't happen anywhere else who's responsible well in the British home people would be like oh like the uh, sort of guest rights you know you're not gonna make someone uncomfortable mm. in your own home yeah. unless they're like kick your television off the wall intentionally then there's an issue <laughs> right but if it's an accident it's an accident that accidents yeah. happen. but in Germany the, there would be an insurance discussion because I would go oh well my insurance will pay for that my personal insurance yeah the have
1: to position right
0: like if I if, if, we're, if we were like like dancing in a club and you and I knocked your phone out of your hands. My insurance will pay for that. Yeah, you know, like yeah. we have an insurance, we're insured to do that. And so it's it's it, then it's a real. It's much more about who's responsible, you know, and and, and who's paying and whose insurance. In Britain, there's none of that. Why would you? Why would you have that debate?
1: I know, like I remember, like recently I bought a Rees cast iron. No, no, sorry, a Rees enamelware. That's an Austrian handmade enamelware company. And I mm. have a beautiful big dish uh, uh, from Reese. And my boyfriend had chipped it. The rascal had chipped it. Uh, and I was like, okay, that's fine. Like your half-rich physician and can pay for it, right? I was joking, but he took me quite seriously. And he was a bit like, you, yeah, you want yeah, me to yeah. pay for that? <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> it was nice to know that we both thought we were beyond that.
0: No, no. I mean, you're never beyond an insurance discussion.
1: I do remember, though, a, a, a friend of mine, um, a former friend of mine. That's also probably for a reason. Before I, I went into her home, she really encouraged me to get a half-flesh physician, on, and I, ah, like, oh, it's every German has that, uh, you know, it's recommended, and I just wouldn't do it because I, I mean, I don't. I, it's not something that I'm interested in. And I also didn't have the money for it then as a poor student. And uh, she actually like, I remember she like once, okay, we are going to sit down and we are going to do it. And she opened up the website and, you know, she signed me up. um, And she said, yeah, you really have to do it. And years later, she told me she wouldn't let me inside her home or her kitchen without getting her flesh position wrong. And I had a really bad feeling about that because, I mean, what, I'm a bull in a fucking china shop?
0: Just walk in and start kicking stuff <laughs> off the shelves and
1: Just sweep oops, the spices like off the shelf.
0: Yeah, it seems a bit ridiculous that yeah, yeah. to not let somebody yeah, in yeah. your home. But yeah, that but that that's the extremities that which you can deal with yeah. uh, people for sure. So yeah, there was that. Oh, the other the other the, the debate of that that raged during Christmas was the discovery that the Airbnb may or may not have towels, and so we need to get towels, and that became like a, a reminder every Sort of 45 minutes.
1: Yeah, I can imagine that. How many towels do you use, Nick?
0: Well, I went through the Airbnb thing and it said, uh, please leave all dirty towels on the bathroom floor. And I was like, well, clearly they have towels, but that's not enough confirmation because there was also a thing that said we don't have essentials. And one of the essentials was towels. Yeah. Transpired that they meant tea towels, right? But that, for, for, for my wife and maybe the German brain, there's not enough certainty in there. Like there was me doing the maths, going, "Well, if they're saying leave the, the 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 towels on the bathroom floor, they clearly have towels to wash with." So we'll just work it out when we get there, and we'll go to a shop and buy some stuff. But that's that lack of certainty was became a larger and larger problem for my wife. And uh, and then then my solution was to like I speak to my brother, and she was like, oh, "Are you going to?" And I spoke to him. I was like, "Oh, this place might not have any towels. Can I get some towels off?" And he's like, "Yeah." And that's the conversation. And then, like, she goes, "Like, well, what did he say?" He's like, "Yeah." Like, "Oh, how many towels are we gonna get?" And I said, like, well, "We didn't talk about numbers of towels." Did like, she offer to pay wanted, him? Like, oh, no, <laughs> no, no. But, but it was almost, almost as close. Like, should how much should we give him for the towels, towel rental? But it's like the, the the kind of informality of the British, where we're like, "Can you do this for us?" Yeah, but it's not like there's no kind of, "I will do it at this time on this day for this length of time." It's like, oh yeah, we'll do it. We'll just talk about, it. we'll sort it out. It's, that's not enough certainty, I think, for, for, for my wife. And I suspect for a lot of Germans, that's an issue too.
1: Um, personally, I like towels. I like several towels in the bathroom for myself. One for my hair. One to wrap around me. One to wipe me down. Mm. One for the hands. You don't have that? Mm-hmm. Do you just use one towel, Nick? Like heathens?
0: One, one, t- one towel has always been enough. I don't, I, I, I just don't, I don't like sort of, yeah, I just don't think it's necessary, particularly. I mean, yeah, so there was always little things we were navigating, and that's mm. always, that's always a tricky thing. And That's uh, what
1: Christmas is about, no? navigating things.
0: Uh, of course, it's just navigating the moors of your various relatives. I'll leave you with one recommendation, and it is a, a, a kid's TV show that my daughter and I discovered. <laughs> it's called Hey Doggy. It's about a dog who runs some kind of scout group. And the, each episode revolves around the, the little scouts getting a, um, a scout badge for a particular activity, right? And I don't know when it's going to come to Germany. I know it will do. It'll probably be on Netflix. It is the best, best thing I've watched for the entirety of Christmas. Oh. Forget the Cinderella movie hey doggy! it's just it's it's charming and beautiful and uh that also made me cry as well so it's been a it's been a christmas of tears for various reasons
1: that brings us to the end of the show we are off to try and make me cry it does seem like it is getting easier to do so
0: Who are you talking about i've just got something in my eye. if you're enjoying the podcast why not give us a rating on apple podcasts which only takes a minute and can really help us you can also rate us on Spotify, so chuck some stars our way there as well. Retweet us, share a link, or post with the hashtag DecadesFromHome or lowercase on Twitter. As ever, if you have any questions, feedback, or maybe an article or topic you'd like us to cover, you can tweet Dillion at Dillialgamer, and you can tweet me at 40%German. You can also get us on DecadesFromHome at gmail.com. If you have time, take a look at 40%German.com. Weekly articles are up here every Saturday. All that's left to say is thanks, and bis next time, Mal. Tschüss! Tschüss.